0: What's up, besties? Welcome back to another episode of Net Worth and Chill with me, your host, Vivian Two, aka Your Rich BFF and your favorite Wall Street girly. So it's officially April and April showers bring May flowers. You've heard the saying, but April also brings the IRS because yes, it is that time of year again. It is tax season. And for the most part, tax season has been a season that I have dreaded my entire adult life. One, because We are not taught anything about taxes in school. Like, I remember sitting in math class, getting the Pythagorean theorem drilled into my head. Let me tell you, I have never not once used that as an adult. Uh, I remember being in English class, being taught what a past participle is, how to write a five-paragraph essay, how to build a bibliography. You know, we're in biology class, learning that the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. I have never not used any of that information as a human being, in the adult world. But I really could have Used a quick 101 on how to file a tax return without accidentally committing tax fraud. But of course, we don't teach personal finance in public schools because, you know, why would we make it make sense? And unfortunately for us, for a lot of us, that means when it comes to these key adult moments or key moments around our finances, a lot of us feel a lot of stress because we don't know if what we're doing is the right thing. So I thought today it would be really, really cool to walk through exactly how taxes work, because I think there's a lot of misconception around that. And then we can actually talk a little bit more about how to lower your tax bill. And last but not least, we'll close out with a fun filled what if situation of what happens if we don't pay our taxes. All right, cool. So let's get into it. First and foremost, I think a lot of people don't understand how taxes work because our tax system is very confusing. And it's so funny, you know, in a lot of other countries like Australia, you'll actually just get a little mailer that says, Hey, we as the government have calculated. this is how much we think you owe in taxes. And you basically say, yes, I agree. Or no, I disagree. This is why. And then share how much you would have calculated. And that's awesome because it allows you essentially a jumping off point. Whereas in the US, it does feel a lot like, oh, you're going to have to get this right. And if you don't, you're in a lot of trouble. So We in the U.S. have a marginal tax system. It's a progressive tax. And a lot of people don't know what those two words mean, but I can explain taxes to anyone, I swear. Like even your, you know- seven-year-old cousin, I can explain taxes to them. And please don't feel embarrassed or ashamed if you feel like you understand taxes less well than you should. Trust me, there are so many other people in the exact same boat. Fortunately for us, we live in 2023 and you can Google pretty much anything. You can search for anything online. And trust me, that is not the most embarrassing thing someone has ever looked for on the internet.
1: Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com records. A new year full of surprises. But one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up.
0: So close your eyes for a second, unless you're driving, don't, don't close your eyes. Pretend instead of cash money, you suddenly now get paid in pizzas. And for the first 11,000 pizzas, you get paid in pesto pizza. Absolute ick, disgusting. I am also allergic to tree nuts, so very much not up my alley. But unfortunately for all of us, We all get paid in pesto pizza for the first 11,000 pizzas. Everyone from Broke Becky to Richie Rich to you and me. And the government basically says, we don't really like pesto flavor. Eh, We'll take 10% per pie. Because guess what? Pesto pizza is still better than no pizza, right? And... Once we hit 11,000 pizzas, we level up. And when you start to make more and you level up, you get to the next flavor. And the next flavor is mushroom. It's definitely better than pesto. I I won't argue that it's definitely better than pesto, but it's still mushroom. Come on. The government likes us a little bit more and they're like, all right, we'll take 12% per pie. And at this stage, nobody has gotten any good pizza toppings yet because we all level up at the same marks. So broke Becky has gotten her pesto pizza and she's gotten some mushroom pizza. You've gotten pesto pizza and some mushroom pizza. I've gotten some pesto pizza and some mushroom pizza. And Richie Rich has gotten some pesto pizza and some mushroom pizza. Unfortunately for Becky, that's kind of it for her. She's not getting any other pizza flavors. The government's not taking too much since she didn't have much good stuff to begin with. But at the next level, at the next mark, we get sausage pizza. And the government's like, yum, we want 22% per pie. And, you know, that makes sense. Sausage pizza is certainly better than mushroom and definitely better than pesto. At the next level, we get pepperoni pizza. And the government takes 24%. That's where you stop that's all the pizza you're getting. But Richie Rich made 600,000 pizzas last year. So he's getting barbecue chicken, he's getting buffalo ranch, and he's even getting the greatest pizza of all time. Do not argue with me about this. Hawaiian. I know I'm about to get roasted for this. Whatever. The government loves these pizza flavors. So they're going to be taking 32, 35, and 37% of each type respectively. That my friends is what marginal means. When you move into a higher quote unquote tax bracket, like you've heard people say like, hey, oh, I'm in the next tax bracket or I'm in the 32% tax bracket. That doesn't suddenly mean that you're giving away a bigger percentage of every pizza you got. You're only giving away a bigger percentage of the newest flavor. So why is this important? It's important because I have seen so many people from my high school, I will not poke fun, but genuinely... They are some of the students who were in remedial math. And listen, if math is not your strong suit, that's okay. We all have different strengths, but maybe you should not be discussing taxes you don't understand on Facebook, soapboxing. And they say things like, you should not work overtime because overtime will push you into the next tax bracket and you'll make less money overall. That is straight up not true. They'll also say things like, if you're in between this tax bracket and the next and your raise is gonna push you into the next one, you should tell your boss you don't want the raise let me tell you what's going to happen. When you make a raise, at no point does making more money ever mean you will be worse off. However, if you tell your boss that you don't want the raise or decline the raise, they will think you're an idiot. It's abundantly clear to me that these people who talk about taxes oftentimes have a misunderstanding of how the tax system works. And for you, it's really important to understand this because it helps you make really smart financial decisions. I want to be very clear, never turn down a raise. If you want to take overtime because you want a little extra money, feel free to take it. Making more money will always put you in a better position, even if that means dollars above a certain threshold are taxed slightly more. Okay, now that we have that out of the way, let's talk about how we're actually going to put this into practice. So generally speaking, the consensus is that you want to have your income as high as humanly possible. However, when filing your tax return, you want your adjusted gross income to be as low as humanly possible, which is just a fancy way of saying is like, you want to make as much money as you can, but you want to tell the government that less and less or fewer and fewer of your dollars are actually taxable. Nobody ever wants to pay more in taxes, so I thought we would discuss six really easy ways to actually lower your tax bill. So first up, for all of my friends who have regular schmegular W-2 jobs, you work for someone else, you have an employer, they figure out all of your tax paperwork, they send you a W-2, they are withholding taxes throughout the year. These are two ways that you can lower your tax bill. First and foremost, contributing to a retirement account whether that is a traditional 401k that your job offers or an individual retirement account, an IRA, this will help reduce your taxable income. So that means if you make a certain amount of money, the amount you contribute to those investment accounts for your future, the IRS will not be able to go after those dollars. So as an example, you make $100,000 a year, you put $20,000 into your 401k, the government can only tax $80,000. So that really does help save you quite a bit in terms of your tax bill. A couple things to call out, especially with 401ks, these are some of the most powerful investment accounts around because a lot of employers offer something called employer match, which basically means free money. And this is pretty much the only time in the finance world where you have access to free money risk-free. I'll give an example. At my first job, there was dollar for dollar match up to $6,000. So. If I put in $6,000 into my 401k, suddenly I had $12,000 because my employer would also put in $6,000. If I put in $10,000, I would have $16,000 because I would have the six I put in that got doubled to 12, and then the additional four that I put in that did not get matched. But even so, it was a great, great tool. Up next, you have the IRA, the Individual Retirement Account. This is another great retirement investment option because it is individual. It is tied to you. It is tied to your name. It is no way in shape or form related to your employer. This is something that is always going to stay with you. And again, This is really cool because an IRA, you can choose whatever you want to invest in that account, whereas with a 401k, you typically can only pick from investments that your employer has already pre-selected. That said, both accounts have pros and cons, but for the most part, I highly recommend investing in both of these types of accounts because not only are they going to help you grow your wealth over time, but they also do help you legally avoid taxes. Tip number two, if you are a W-2 regular schmegular employee, if you have a high deductible health plan, you can open up something called an HSA. This stands for health savings account. Please do not get this confused with an FSA, which is a flexible spending account. So an HSA, is essentially a pot where you can put money and pay for medical expenses tax-free. And a high deductible health plan means you're paying very little upfront, but if you end up needing to get surgery or see a specialist doctor, it may just cost a little more, which is why there's an HSA associated. What's so powerful about the HSA is if you're actually using it for a medical expense, you put the money in tax-free and you take it out tax-free. You pay taxes at no point. However, what's really cool is after you have more than $1,000 in your HSA account, you can actually start investing the money. So not only are you legally avoiding taxes on all of your medical expenses, that money can grow with you as time goes on. And if you don't end up using all of that money by retirement for medical costs, you can actually just withdraw from it the same way you would an IRA and just pay income taxes on the money you're taking out. But again, this is a tax savings, that is really important. So if this is something that you are interested in doing, definitely look into it through your benefits program. And don't be shy about hitting up your HR manager or your benefits team to ask any sort of questions you may have. Now on to my self-employed freelance 1099 besties. It is so cool to work for yourself as someone who has now worked for someone else as a W-2 employee, but also now for myself as my business, Your Rich BFF, you are able to take so many interesting business deductions that you can't take if you work for someone else. So what I would say is if you are self-employed, you have a business, you're 1099, whatever, use your side hustle, passion, project, business to claim business deductions. These can include anything from vehicle mileage, if you're driving to a client or a site where you're working, this could be shipping stuff, this could be any sort of advertising fees, whether you're doing paid social search, any sort of website hosting fees. For example, my website is hosted on Squarespace. So like I pay a fee every single year, and then I pay another small fee for the domain name. If you pay for professional publications, so as a creator, I might want to pay for the Wall Street Journal or the Financial Times or Business Insider or Barron's or, you know, Fortune and all of those publications I can write off because I need those to create my content. Dues and memberships. So this is like if you are a person who doesn't have a formal Office, if you have a Soho House membership or a WeWork membership or any sort of membership that gives you office space, you can write that off. Office supplies, so like a printer, an ink, a computer monitor. uh, In my case, office supplies includes... A teleprompter, ring light, uh, big lighting and equipment, the stands, video cameras, sound equipment, all of that type of stuff. You can even deduct a percentage of your home internet charges. So that's like Wi Fi and phone bills based on how much you're using it for business. And the big stuff being travel and business meals, because as you're traveling and you work for yourself, you can write off previously 100% of your meals in 2021 and 2022, but in 2023, 50% of those business meals. And with travel, you can obviously write off those flights and your hotel rooms. This is all to say, Obviously, if you work for yourself, odds are very good that you have your own accountant and just make sure you maintain proper records and receipts and work with them to see what business expenses are deductible and make sense for you. Another cool tax write-off that you can take if you are self-employed is that you are able to deduct half of your self-employment taxes. So being self-employed is not, you know, roses and sunshine. Self-employed folks are responsible for paying 15.3% in taxes for the pleasure of being self-employed, for the pleasure of being your own boss. But the government will let you deduct 50% of that amount you paid in those taxes from your taxable income, again, reducing some of your other tax burdens. And last but not least, here are two other really fun ones. If you are a homeowner, you are able to deduct private mortgage insurance premiums. So essentially, if you have less than 20% equity in your home, chances are you pay something called PMI, private mortgage insurance. This is essentially coverage required by lenders as a way to protect themselves in case you stop making payments and you can deduct this from your total taxable income. In addition to that, regardless of if you have 20% equity in your home or not, you are able to deduct mortgage interest from your taxable income up to the interest on $750,000. So again, if you own a home, you likely have a mortgage unless you own it outright. You're gonna pay interest on that loan and you can deduct the amount you spend paying that interest from your total taxable income. Again, with these types of things, consider talking to a CPA just to make sure that you're doing everything by the book, doing it right, and that you won't get audited because that is going to be an absolute pain in your butt and I don't want that to happen to any of the BFFs. Whew, that was a lot. Okay. Now I want to pivot to a really, really fun segment called I am a literal menace and I am very curious. So I wanted to know what happens if you don't file a tax return? What if you make a mistake? What if you don't pay your taxes? Do we go to prison? Because I don't think I could handle prison that well. Frankly, I'm not as strong as Martha Stewart. And I did a little bit of digging and the short answer is no, we will not go to prison, but there will be some penalties. Turns out if you fail to file your taxes on time, you'll likely encounter what's called a failure to file penalty. And the penalty for failing to file represents 5% of your unpaid tax liability. So any sort of additional money that you would owe to the government for each month, your return is late up to 25% of your total unpaid taxes. So you could end up paying your tax bill, but also 25% on top of that. On the flip side, if you're actually do a refund and you don't file your taxes, there's no penalty for failure to file, though you do potentially lose the chance of getting that refund. So again, you want to get your money back. That is an interest-free loan to the government. Make sure to file your taxes on time. But here's the part that really shocked me. If you filed a tax return on time, but you didn't pay any of the taxes you owed when they were due, the IRS will assess a penalty on you too. But the penalty for failing to pay is a lot less expensive than the penalty for failing to file. Actually, only 0.5% of the unpaid taxes for each month. And they're not going to levy a penalty of more than 25% of your unpaid taxes. And I found this to be really interesting because... For me, I always felt that it was all about the money, right? We needed to pay our taxes, the additional taxes we owed. But it turns out the IRS just really, really wants you to file so that they can actually get their ducks in a row and figure out what their numbers are, versus if you actually can't pay, they're less stressed because at least they know what the numbers are supposed to be. On top of that, the IRS will actually help you with a payment plan if you need one. So, again, There's no reason not to file a tax return As we've now learned, it's a lot more punitive to not file at all versus filing and not being able to pay. So just make sure that you are staying on top of your tax date. We are obviously only a few days out at this point. So make sure to get those tax returns in and I wish you nothing but the best this tax season. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode has made taxes feel a little less scary, helped to make you a little bit smarter so that you know what questions to be asking your accountant or what to be looking for when you file this year. And I hope it has reassured you that even if you do make a small mistake, you will not go to prison. You will just have to fix things. So thank you so much for listening and I'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Net Worth and Chill. If you like this episode, make sure to leave a rating and a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Got a financial question you want answered in the future? You can leave me a voicemail or text me at 908-858-3410. Make sure to follow me at Yarvidge across social media for even more relatable financial content. Special thanks to my team at Audio Boom as well as Range Media and WME. See you next week. Bye.